Well, I just want to say, I am just so glad to see you here tonight. And I've been excited and we've been thinking about this day because uh, I know that for some of us, we are so excited. We've been waiting for a gathering on Christmas Eve because this is the first time that we've been able to gather in person since the pandemic. And some of us have come just ready to like bust open the doors. I know that we've decorated it ready for you and we've made some changes perhaps since the last time you've been in this space. If it's been since the last time you're in person in Christmas. I know for others of us, this is our first Christmas Eve here at Kailua UMC. Others still perhaps our first Christmas Eve at a church because we all have different traditions of how we come to celebrate the Christ child coming in or how we celebrate this season that we know of as Christmas. Traditions are powerful, aren't they? I mean, not just powerful, but they're also meaningful. Uh, I have my kids and they're growing. They're getting to age, you know, 10 and 8 and 6, uh, just about 6, I should say. And, and we're taking on a whole new level because I was able to ask them, getting ready for, you know, all of our festivities. Can you tell me the timeline of the way things are going? Because, you know, as parents, we always remember to a T exactly what we did the year before. But they knew to a T when we were going to open our first present and when we were going to go to church and what we were going to do next. It was like the tradition had been embedded in them already, and they're excited about it, I think in part just because it's this experience that we do over and over again. And I imagine if I were to ask you, what was your tradition growing up to celebrate Christmas? I know I grew up in a, a small town in Minnesota, you know, where it's nice and cold, especially right now immediately. But we would celebrate Christmas and the family would all come over. I would remember we'd bring out these like special green glasses that only came out on Christmas. The kids got milk, the adults got something else. I didn't know what it was at the time. But, you know, they come out and they and had the placemats and everything was there. My aunt and uncle would come. Every once in a while, my uncle would come. We'd celebrate Christmas Eve. And then we'd get up in the morning and we had stockings and then we'd get in our car and we'd go to our grandma's house because it was Christmas Day celebration at the grandma's house. I mean, you can, you can kind of go through the timeless, a timeline of what it would look like for you growing up, right? You know, like point A to point C. Uh, but the reality is, is that sometimes they take little deltas along the way. So like delta is a word for changes because tradition isn't always the same year to year because every year we grow a little bit. We have new uh, exciting adventures that we can go on. I was, I've been able to celebrate or not celebrate, but to reminisce on some of my childhood memories. If you can see with my shirt, I got a Christmas shirt today that was given to me that I was, should wear. And it's exciting because it's a new time. I mean, like five years ago, my kid's Christmas tradition wasn't, you know, Star Wars movies quite yet. But now I have the excitement of passing on my joy for Star Wars to my kids. Not only that, for other things like video games and soccer, all those things that we get to enjoy. Our traditions change as we go. And one of the things that I find meaningful about Christmas Eve is that we have different traditions or we have similar traditions year to year. And as we gather, we also have this similar story of the gospel. I mean, I'm sorry to say, but the story hasn't changed since the last time we were in person. It hasn't changed five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that we retell this story of Christmas each year because of the power that it has for it. But one of the things that I love about retelling the story is just like our traditions might tweak a little bit, is that when you retell the story, you might hear it just a little differently. 
You might hear it from a different perspective because any good story allows us to do so. And I can't help this Christmas of thinking about the story from the vantage point of the shepherds. You know, the people that were fully expecting the angels to show up and singing, Hark the Herald, Angels Sing, you know that song, or Glory to God in the Highest. You know, they, they were, shepherds were lowly, like kind of the outskirts of society. The, the scripture even says that they weren't the ones that like lived in town and went out for the day to watch the sheep. I mean, they lived outside of town and they were outside of town all the time. In fact, so much so that, you know, in the ancient Hebrew context, they were deemed unholy in society, which means that they couldn't come into town and participate in normal life with everyone else because they had done things that were unclean and they weren't ready and prepared to be part of the community. And see, this is the thing about the story, I think, tonight that is so powerful is that the beginning of this Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, everything that we come to celebrate doesn't start with the you know, emperor. It doesn't start with the governor. It doesn't start with the elites. But instead, it begins with the lowly. In fact, it seems almost as if the gospel writer of Luke goes out of his way to, um, like, to turn over all expectations anyone might have of this Prince of Peace, the Messiah, the one that had been expected to come. He even begins by saying, all of this took place when emperor decided to have, you know, a census, which was a way in which the Roman Empire at the time would kind of get an understanding of how many people were in each area. But another really important function was to remind people of who was in charge. It was a reminder of who was truly king because the census would then relate to the taxes, and all the taxes had these coins, and the coins were imprinted on it. Caesar is divine. And so the reminder of the census was a reminder of the power. It was a reminder to all the Jewish people that they were, in fact, an oppressed people, and that their hope for the Messiah was a real political upheaval of the oppression that they were facing. And yet, the story doesn't begin with the powerful, the high priests, the warriors. It begins with this shepherd's line, the line of David, the unsung hero. And it's first declared to the shepherds. And I don't know how you are coming tonight to celebrate this thing called Christmas. But I would imagine that you might find yourself in one of the shepherds. You might find yourself like, you know, the heavens open and like they announce that God is coming and you have read the stories of old and you're excited and you know, you got on all of your like dress, you're ready to celebrate Christmas. You run to the manger to see the Christ child. You might find yourself like, uh, but remember, we're unholy, you know, like, remember, like, I've heard the phrase, if I walk into the church, lightning's going to strike me, you know, like, they don't know what I say, what I do, all these things, right? You might be that shepherd. You might be, ah, well, I don't know if they have a place for me. Or you might be the shepherd that I probably would be most like being like, yeah, guys, I think we like had a little too much herbal tea before. I don't know that that was like real that we talked about. Like, I'm going to go, but I'm going to go with some major skepticism on what we're going to see here. And in fact, when I get there, I'm going to see the Christ child. 
the one who's supposed to be the Messiah. And I'm going to say, wait, but this baby is going to subvert the powers that be. This baby is going to take on the emperor. And so the shepherds come. And so if you find yourself at any of those places, you find yourself in welcome company because you want to know who were the first to greet the Christ child, were the shepherds, the unholy, unorthodox, confused, questioning shepherds who gathered around that night. And the thing about this story that I think is so important for us is that God came not with the elites, but God came to be with us in the lowest of lows. We have this fancy phrase in theology. It's called the incarnation. It's why we're here tonight. It means that God comes to be on earth with us. God doesn't stay up in the clouds as a master puppet player that's going to, you know, dictate all of our lives. But instead, God chooses to be with us, to come, not stay at the Ritz, but stay in the manger. So wherever you are, that kind of push of God's love that comes down, that we celebrate, comes to you. I have a phrase I say all the time, that God's love is for us, whether we like it, know it, or believe it or not. And the reason I believe that so firmly and so strongly is because of the incarnation. It's because of God coming down to be with us. And the thing is, is that the us here isn't just the believing crowd that was super excited. The us here are the shepherds, the doubters, the questioners. So wherever you are, you can know on this night that God comes to be with you. And now here's the thing that they do, though. They don't just come to the manger and stay there. There's something about knowing that God is with us no matter where we are in life's journey that moves the shepherds to proclaim the good news to the world. And I've been thinking a lot about this. Like, what is the good news of Jesus and his birth? And what is that more specifically for you? I can't tell you what that would be for you, but I can give you some clues as to what I think it might mean, though. And one of which is that God comes to be with you and that your story and where you have been and where you're going is part of God's story. That God wants us to share the love of Christ. We have banners, we have candles, the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love that come on Christmas come as we live out the story. And you might think to yourself, well, how am I supposed to show God's love in the world? I'm just an ordinary person. I haven't seen the angels. I'm not a public speaker. I'm not whatever. The list goes on and on. But you guess who weren't either? The shepherds. 
And in fact, almost every character in the Bible that does something of worth and of significance says initially, I can't do it. Everyone probably except for Jesus. So if you find yourself thinking that how am I supposed to share God's hope, peace, joy, and love in the world, you find yourself in welcome company with all the characters of the Bible, especially these shepherds that gathered that holy night some 2,000 years ago. So then here is the challenge for us as we retell the stories. Perhaps this is your first tradition of coming to church or your ongoing tradition. It doesn't matter, but how are you going to share the story that God comes to be with us, with the world around you, with your kids, with your friends, with your family? How will you share the hope that breaks into the world that nothing can stop, no force, that on this eve, God came. The heavens broke open. The angels declared, Christ has come. God is with us. And friends, that is good news. It's good news for the righteous. It's good news for those with the broken lives. So let us go and share the good news that God has come and God will never leave us. I invite you to pray with me. Holy and gracious God, on this holy night, you give yourself to us. Not to dictate our futures, not to stand with the righteous, but you made yourself low, announced your kingship to the shepherds, born in a manger, in a barn. Help us share the story of your love breaking in to be with us, to know that our stories and our traditions can communicate the love, the peace, the joy, and the hope that you bring to the world. Amen.